Hey, C3 Tagra. So wonderful to see you again uh, this morning. It's always uh, such a privilege to be at C3 Tagra. And I know that uh, one of the, you know, uh, you know, one of the responsibilities as a senior pastor that you have is to entrust your pulpit to people that are uh, going to speak life and something appropriate. So I hope that I honor that. And I just want to thank Pastor Phil and Julie this morning for uh, inviting me to speak on this last Zoom service uh, that you are having, at least for the foreseeable future. But hey, whatever happens, even if you we're back on at some point, it doesn't really matter. I've just had this thought within myself that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if, as far as I'm concerned, whether we go back online uh, five more times, whatever, the God, kingdom of God's moving forward. Uh, we are going to put our foot to the floor to be part of what God's doing on the earth. And I loved what Andrew said. I've been so grateful for this uh, platform to be able to gather despite the circumstances that we've found ourselves in. And so, um, you know, it's been, Jamie and I have watched, uh, you know, the socials, social media around your gatherings over the, the last few months. And we've been really inspired to see uh, your persistence and consistency uh, to meet together regardless of circumstances um, to see uh, your number of people joining on Sundays increasing, to hear that your giving is increasing. That's just absolutely outstanding and uh, to be commended. And, you know, I just think that uh, what you guys are doing and how you're inclining yourself to what God is doing on the earth is really, really uh, just beautiful to watch. And so uh, hi to all my, uh, you know, longtime friends, uh, for those whom we haven't met. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. And, uh, you know, you may not know, I'm not sure if you're, if you're very new that uh, I am the son-in-law of Pastor Phil and Julie. And uh, Jamie sends her love to you all. She's preaching in Newcastle this morning, well, online in Newcastle. And you can see Elsie there with Pastor Julie uh, downstairs. Hey, Elsie, uh, joining us this morning as well. And so I'm excited um, about what I have to share with you. I uh, This will either be uh, a figment of your imagination in a week's time, or it could be something that changes your life. And it will depend on whether you are ready to live differently tomorrow based on what you're going to hear today. And so is anyone fit that description? Are you ready to live differently based on what you hear today? Uh, because I think it's going to really help some people. And as I mentioned, I think that these are the most exciting times to be a Christian uh, that at least I've ever experienced. You know, I came into and, and, and became a Christian in this church uh, 21 years ago, and they were some pretty exciting times. But I think the times in which we are living are even more exciting uh, than that. And I love hearing your pastors talking about it because you know what? Some people aren't talking like this. Some churches just want to get back to how things always were and just trying to get back to what, what we had before COVID came along. But, uh, you know, as your pastors have told you many times, um, it's really important that we know that's not going to happen and that it wouldn't, it's not going to happen even if we wanted it to because God has commenced a new season in the history of the church. And I believe that it is so significant what God is doing in our midst, that it could be called a reformation, that we're doing things in a really different way. And so, you know, you're going to be, uh, as we all are, trying to figure out exactly what that looks like, walking into 
uh, new ways of existing as God's people on the earth and new ways of doing church. Um, and so this is all very exciting. And so what I want to talk about today, though, is, is uh, a contribution of what you can do, what we can all do right now, tomorrow, when you gather in the building uh, in two weeks' time. Uh, this is something that you can put into practice in order to be a part of what God's doing. And so Pastor Julie, I think, spoke last week. She was talking about things like this, that uh, the days of spectator church uh, are done, that this is going to be days in which the whole church is participating and activated to contribute to the purposes and plans of God on the earth. And, and I know that just really excites me that it's not only about church leaders uh, anymore. It's not going to be just about the Sunday service anymore but it's going to be every christian every day of the week in every sphere of society that they exist in um bringing the kingdom of god to the earth and so uh you know as i said it's going to be such an exciting journey to see what does that look like for the body to be working together what what is it going to look like for the church to be activated uh in the church outside of the church with all the different gifts that we had and and, and that's going to be something that we, we walk down. But today I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the church activating their voice uh, to declare the praises of God on the earth. And I think this is a really important topic. And I'm going to unfold a little bit about why I think that's the case. But let me start by saying this, that how we use our voice is a key indicator of maturity. Uh, whether that be spiritual maturity or even just uh, physical maturity. So Elsie there, she's starting to string about three or four words together now. It's so cute. Um, and that's, and I just get overjoyed, uh, you know, every time she says a new word or says something differently. I'm totally a doting father who gets really excited about the small things like that. Uh, but, you know, if she is still saying those same words only in another year or two, that's going to be a bit of a problem, right? So the way that she uses her language is going to develop. It's going to grow. And, um, and I think when it comes to our spiritual maturity, the way we use our voice uh, is a really clear indicator of our growth in our maturity as a Christian, and we could talk about using our voice as believers in a number of ways. We can see that maturity in a number of ways. We can see it in how we speak with one another. Um, the, the more gracious we are with one another, our ability to uh, talk through conflict rather than just running every time we have a disagreement with someone. When we learn to talk through our issues, our problems and, and communicate, that, that shows that we are growing in our maturity to be God's people. Um, I could talk about our, our ability to use our voice to share the gospel and to share Jesus with people who are far from him. And I believe that as we share and we do not become silent underground Christians, but we go public, as Pastor Phil would say, with our faith, that we uh, talk to the people in our world about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives, that it shows an element of maturity in our Christian life. But today I want to talk about our voice in regards to, as I mentioned before, about using prayers songs and declarations to to talk about the praises of God on the earth and 
We could talk about those in regards to asking God for things. I think the church has done a pretty good job of asking God for, for things. We know how to ask our father. We say, God, change this circumstance of mine. Lord, would you bring me something? Would you give me something? But I think we have a harder time to um, use our voices, not for asking God to give us something, but to pour out towards our loving father all the the good things that he is to talk about the good things that he is and let's read a few scriptures here to just look at and explore this very important part of our christianity let's start with 1 peter um, 2 verse 9 it says this but you are god's chosen treasure and and uh, uh, we're going to have these scriptures popping up in the chat as well so you can just jump onto the chat there and see these scriptures and points popping up as we go along It says this, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Isn't that amazing? He didn't do it so we could just go about life as normal. He did it so that we would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. What about Hebrews 13, 15? It says this, our part then is this, to bring through him, Jesus, a continual sacrifice of praise to God. That is mouths that confess his name and do so fruitfully. And the message version says about this, pouring out sacrificial praises from our lips to God in Jesus' name. Uh, one more scripture on this note. This is this is one that just blows my mind and, and really speaks to me. Luke 19, 37 to 40, I think it was when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. It says this, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Isn't that a fascinating thought that Jesus is pointing out that when when the majesty of Jesus is revealed, the only response is that God's people would declare those praises loudly, joyfully to God. There's no other response. There has to be a response of praise. Uh, And so this is a really, really important thing. And I have a thought, a belief that the loudest part of our church services should not be the sound system. It should, and I I hear some amens from people uh, here. I'm sorry, uh, Phil, uh, to point you out there. I'm sure, Phil Cairns, you're... Uh, amening right there. Uh, the loudest part of our service shouldn't be our sound, loud, sound system. It should be the pray, the voices of God's people shouting the praises of God. Pastor Phil can't help him. He's going to unmute in a second. I'm telling you, he would be the rock. Rocks will never need to cry out because Pastor Phil Oldfield, well, Pastor Phil Oldfield's on the planet because he will praise God and give him the praise that is deserved. I believe that when Jesus, that, that the scripture says that the house of God should be called a house of prayer not just a house of thought. Too many times our prayer meetings look like thought meetings rather than prayer meetings. 
where we ponder and we meditate. I'm going to give some disclaimers here in a second, but I just want to continue hammering this a little bit. I Let me talk to you about this. I noticed this because I've spent, uh, I've been a, a, a senior pastor now for about seven years and I've spent so many um, services in church uh, imploring God's people at certain moments of our services saying, come on people, let's lift our voices. Let's give God praise. And, you know, this is not against, uh, let, let me put a disclaimer here. This is not to beat anyone up. Uh, I'm using the time that I've been a senior pastor as an example. This is, doesn't it include you? This is, includes my heathen churches. I hope this isn't being recorded. Uh, that, no, don't tell C3 people in Newcastle that. That's not true. They're, they're beautiful, godly people. Um, but, um, but often when we would implore God's people to lift praise to God, uh, it sounds more like a library than a praise service. Uh, it's like you can hear the crickets in the background. Either we can't get one or two words of praise out, or if we do, we sort of mutter some kind of, oh, yes, Lord, we thank you. And it dissipates within a few seconds. And I contrast that. I remember going to City Harvest Church in Singapore, and this was before I know there's a bit of, uh, you know, controversy around that church in recent days but um let me tell you that church i went there with pastor phil pringle in the in 2010 i think it was that was a church of 30,000 people and i went to uh, a few of their services of 7,000 people each and i'll never forget being in that in that church and uh, the thing that struck me more than anything was this when the meeting leader got up to to pray after the worship there was no real atmosphere. There wasn't big, loud music trying to hype people into it. He didn't get his big, loud voice and go, come on, come on, let's shout, let's scream. He simply got up and said, all right, God's people, let's pray. Let's give God some praise here. And for the next five minutes, 7,000 voices filled the auditorium with no encouragement, with no hype, with no emotion. And from their hearts to God, they spoke out praises to him and I just looked around going wow this is a sign and wonder I have not seen in the nation that I come from or even if you go back to 1990 uh 1999 2000 when I walked into C3 Tugra then called Crossroads Church and someone dragged me out the back of Wyong School Hall to pray before a service I'm like what I'm not I can't go there that's only for the holy people and I remember going out there and they're and they're praying and wow, there was a similar roar in, in, the, in the heartbeat of the prayer of C3 Tugra in that back room, probably 100 people praying, crying out to God. And so um, I, I believe that in the times in which we live, God is calling his people to use their voices to passionately and unapologetically praise God in the times in which we live. And so today I'm going to talk about uh, however, however many we have time for in the next 22 minutes, um, maybe seven, if we get that, that much time, uh, seven reasons that we find it difficult to you to speak out loud with conviction and stamina, the praises of God. And I'm also going to look at some solutions to how we can get our voice activated so that when we return to the building in two weeks, uh, that there is going to be a similar roar. The people all around Marty will say, did you hear the roar coming from that building that on stilts at, uh, at, on Gavinlock Road? And so, but, but the point of all these seven is this, that 
there is a threshold if we are going to use our voice with conviction and stamina there is a threshold we need to push through that is this that is we need to speak out of conviction rather than feeling an inspiration um, it is nice when we praise God and we have a feeling, some goosebumps, some emotions, some passion on the inside, but often we need to push past a barrier that is very natural, that feels very fleshy, that we actually don't feel like doing on the inside, but we need to decide we're going to open our mouths so that God would fill it so that we would actually, um, before we get to that place where we actually have the feeling around it. Now, Four really quick disclaimers for those of you who might be having some questions around what I'm saying here. The first one is this. When I'm talking about using our voices loudly to, to declare the praises of God, this is not instead of quieter practices like meditation and contemplation. Both are important. Psalm 19, 14 says that the met, may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing. So it's both. Yes, we we think, we contemplate, we reflect uh, in solitude at times and, and, and God is in the silence and the stillness. But other times there are the words of our mouth that, are, that we are called to speak into. So it's not, it's not saying only the loud things are holy. In fact, the other disclaimer is this, that uh, I'm not talking about being noisy for the sake of it. I've been in different parts of the world where there are very loud services and people are screaming and shouting, but there is very little sense of God in the midst of that. It's more about people just babbling on for the sake of it. And that's when uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says that we're like clanging cymbals when we're like that, when our lips are just moving, but there's no heart. That's not what I'm talking about either. Also, it doesn't negate listening in prayer. That prayer should be a dialogue praying to God, telling, declaring his praises, but also hearing from him. It's not a monologue, but that goes both ways. It's not just him talking to us and we're not doing anything. It's not just us talking to him. It's both finding that rhythm, the in and the out of God speaking and us listening and then us speaking to God as well. And also my last disclaimer is this, how we live and the posture of our heart should match what we say that Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so as we declare things from our mouth to God, it's an overflow of a heart that is intimately in love with Jesus. And so are you ready to get into it? I know that's a big introduction, but uh, let's do our best to get through this in the next uh, period of time. The first reason that we struggle to use our mouths loudly and boldly for God is this, despair from circumstances. Nothing shuts praise from our mouths like despair. And we live in times that can be very challenging. We are living in times now that are very challenging, that it can be discouraging. And that's just with a global pandemic. That's let alone the season of life you're in, your financial challenges, the, your, your, the challenges you're facing raising kids, the challenges you're facing, um, you know, in, in your own emotional uh, space and life. And so there's a lot of things that can bring um, circumstances in our life that can make us despair. But God has given an antidote to us for a spirit of despair. And it is this, a garment of praise. And Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, 
uh, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And uh, Psalm 34, 1, uh, a song that Jilly, uh, Psalm that Jilly has written a song about, which I always think about, says this, I will praise the Lord at all times, at all times, at which times, sometimes when things are good, when things are easy, no, at all times, I'll praise the Lord. I will constantly speak his praises. And so one of the signs of spiritual maturity or maturity is the ability to put our own clothes on. At the moment, Elsie needs me to help her get dressed, uh, particularly her shoes. Uh, she, she's starting to put her arms through her shirt herself, um, but her shoes, she's got no chance. She needs dad to put her clothes on for her. But if she's 15 saying, daddy shoes, daddy shoes, then there's going to be a real issue. Um, that you should come and have a word to me. My father-in-law will tap me on the shoulder and say, uh, son, what are you doing? Your daughter needs to learn to put her own clothes on. And so as we mature as Christians, it's the same thing. We need to learn how to put on our own garment of praise so that we can speak the praises of God despite the despair that comes from circumstances. And I found, now this is not to say that um, we can't lament. There is a place of lamenting before the Lord with our problems and crying out. Psalms is full of that. And it doesn't discount periods of deep grief that we experience, right? So there's times where you can barely even get up out of bed because, you, you know, uh, a couple in our church lost their son to suicide and it's been a, a very difficult season for them. I'm not talking about just pretending everything's okay, but I'm talking about for, for the, the majority of our time rising above the circumstances that are trying to bring us down and saying, you know what, despite what my heart's feeling, my mouth is going to declare God and the goodness of him. Um, I found in my experience that sometimes our prayer meetings can be more complaining meetings than they are prayer meetings. We, we skip the entry into his presence through thanks and praise, and we go straight to the talking about our problems. But uh, in your own time, why don't you go and read Acts chapter four this week and look at the response of Peter and John and the early Christians when they were told to keep their mouth closed. Um, the, 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 the religious leaders brought them in and say, hey, you need to stop talking about Jesus. And what was their response? Their response was, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When we have seen Jesus, there should be this thing within us. Oh, I can't stop. There's, I, I, you can try and tell me to be quiet. You can try and make me my conversation filled with COVID top talk and vaccine talk and other talk. But I can't stop talking about Jesus personally because he, when you've seen him, you can't stop. Then the religious leaders continued further threatened them. You have to stop talking about Jesus. And so they went back to the others, the other, um, the other Christians and told them what, was ha what happened. And what was the response? If that was us, we'd go, we'd go, oh man, guys, Jesus, oh, we just give you this, uh, this problem. We ask that you take away our circumstances that are difficult. We ask that you would silence these voices that are trying to stop us from speaking. But what did they say in Acts 424 when they heard the report all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to god oh sovereign lord 
creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Isn't it fascinating that the very first thing they decided to speak out loudly together was who God was. He's the creator of heaven. He's the creator of everything in the seas. And so then they talked about the problem, but their, their prayer about the problem was this, not Lord, take it away. It was Lord, give us boldness that we would continue speaking no matter what happens. And so I believe that God is building into these people in this time a maturity in their hearts where we will not sit in despair under the weight of our difficulties, but we will lift our voices even when it just hurts to, to, to speak out for 10 seconds. But we move on to 20 seconds and we go to 30 seconds and sooner or later, you find that your words create the atmosphere around you and within you. And as we speak out, all of a sudden, the thing that seemed so big in our life, when we're, saying, when we're addressing the sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, all of a sudden, the things seem a little bit more manageable. We have a bit more faith to know that God is going to turn all things around like he always has before. And he's going to give us the strength and the boldness and the grace to move on. But I believe this starts from the voice of praise not just petition, not just asking God for things, but telling him how glorious and wonderful he is. Point two is this, another reason. So that's despair from circumstances. Another reason that we struggle to lift our voices is indifference about the Lord. Indifference about the Lord. Where there is passion in in a heart for anything, the mouth will speak. And I saw uh, a recent Coldplay uh, concert uh, that was on YouTube. And man, I tell you what, it looks more like church than some churches. I'm telling you, there are hands lifted, like the whole set. There are voices singing. There's tears pouring down people's eyes for crying out loud, hearing Chris Martin sing. There is, uh, there is you know, just this uh, energy. And, and that just merely says, it's not, not saying that that can't be the case, but If we can cry for Chris Martin, we should be able to absolutely lose our stuff for Jesus Christ. And Matthew 12, 34 says, Jesus said, you brood of vipers, how can you say, uh, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so whatever your, your language will reflect what your heart is full of. And I believe that as, as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, there is an inclination within us to passionately declare and, and speak and pursue the purposes and work of God on the earth. Uh, Mark 12, 29, 30. I'm just going for it with these scriptures here. You can go check them out in your own time. It says that Jesus said this, the most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I have a conviction that that shouldn't be hard work. (laughs) That shouldn't be like something we have to muster up. Oh, Lord, I'm going to really try and love you today. This should be a place in which we live. This should be our abiding place. This should be the place where, where we go to and I have a belief that a lack of hunger is one of the number one signs of illness, physically and spiritually. I remember I went to Fiji one time 
I came back within 24 hours. I knew something was not right. Why? I wasn't vomiting. I wasn't on the toilet. I didn't have any fevers, but I sat down to a meal and I just thought I can't, I have no appetite. My appetite is gone. Something's not right. And um, I think uh, Jamie might've said at the time, something like, you know, oh, it'll be all right. You'll be fine. You probably just, you know, jet lag. But sure enough, within a couple of hours, fevers, uh, I won't, I'll spare you the details, but let's just say it wasn't pleasant. But the reason I knew something was wrong because my hunger had disappeared. And I believe it's the same in a Christian life. I, the only time I get concerned about my spirituality is when I'm finding zeal missing. Uh, I, can, I can maybe not pray for a day or not read my Bible enough. That, that's not, you know, although they're good things, that doesn't send me to panic stations because I know I can redevelop those habits and jump back on the bandwagon. I know God's not angry with me and he loves me dearly. But when my heart doesn't burn for him, I start going, Garth, something's wrong. You need to see the doctor, the great physician who can help you get yourself in order. And there's so many reasons why that happens. And, and, and some of them might be this, that you don't know how much God loves you. Because I believe that ultimately our passion isn't a passion problem. It's a love problem. That when we lack a passion for the Lord, it's because we don't know how much he loves us. We don't know how passionately he is uh, in love and in pursuit of us. And uh, like this girl uh, that called me uh, during the week who found, found us on Instagram in Newcastle and she watched something and she's crying on the phone. She asked me to call on Instagram. She's uh, used to be in a Christian family. She's in tears saying the Lord's calling me back. I woke up. I couldn't. He told me to open my Bible and I couldn't, uh, you know, I'm crying as I started reading the Bible. There is a thing when you, when God is calling you and when you start to get a glimpse that God is calling you by name, you can't help but to live in that place of passion. That's something you have to try. It's not something you have to try and conjure up. It's a response to, to encountering perfect love. The other thing that we can do is we can worship idols um, and they can be good things. And don't be fooled to think that worship, idol, idol worship is a thing of the past. It's alive and well in our day. It just looks different today. It looks like our work. It looks like our finances. It looks like our family at times. Um, but whatever we can do, my encouragement is this, not to make anyone feel bad about not being passionate enough, but just imploring you that if you find yourself indifferent about the Lord, don't tolerate it. Don't just go, oh, well, that's all right. No, go to the Lord and say, God, search me, know me, test me and see if there's any offensive way in me and let him remove the things on the inside that are stopping you loving him with all your heart and soul and strength. So um, get to the Lord. And when you are, if you're indifferent about the Lord, you're not going to ever be able to string five words out of your mouth of praise to him. But when you are passionately in love with him, they're going to have to take the microphone off you when they give it to you because you're not going to stop. Okay. Uh, we're not going to make disclaimer. We're not going to make seven points, but let's try a few more because we've got about six minutes left. The next one, why we don't speak, particularly in a public setting is this, and this is a quick one. We're afraid what people think of us. And, uh, you know, like me sneaking into at high school, when I became a Christian, they were running a prayer meeting at lunchtime. I did not walk boldly into that prayer meeting. I looked around to see if any of my friends were looking. And when the coast was clear, I ran into that building and hid in the back corner. 
But there's got to be, let me just say this, there's got to be a time where we fear God more than people and where we say stuff what people think about us. You know what? If someone, if I lift my voice and I stumble upon my words and I sound weird and someone laughs at me, well, who cares? Who gives a rip? There's got to be a time within us where we can go public for Jesus, especially within the church, where we say, I don't care. If a Christian is mocking me for the praises that I give to God, that says much more about them than it does about me. And so I believe we've got to get a, a, some grit on the inside of us where we just say, I don't care anymore. I'm not interested what people think about me anymore. Let's praise Jesus. All right, here's another one, a really practical one. We also struggle to lift our voice because we're awkward with our own voice. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever listened to themselves on a recording and, and wondered who changed the voice, uh, the voiceover on there. If they got some, someone else to do a, a voiceover, like a, a dubbed Chinese movie or something. But I know when I used to hear my voice on recording, I'm like, that cannot be me. That just sounds like irritating. That's like a, a piercing noise in my soul. I can't listen to that. And sometimes when we start learning to pray with stamina, not just our bedtime prayers, but praying with stamina in the presence of God, we need to overcome the awkwardness that comes with hearing our own voice. And the only way that I know how to do that and to practice that is what I learned in this church 20 years ago is to get alone in your room at home and turn the music up as loud as you can and practice when you can't even hear it. Now, obviously, we don't need to do that as we grow in the Lord. But if we if we just can't get kick-started, that can be a good tool to go, okay, well, let me turn up the music. Let me not think about my voice and let me just open my mouth and not even I can hear it. My neighbors can't hear it. My family can't hear it. I can't even hear it. But the Lord can hear you over that music. And so we need to get comfortable with the sound of our own voice. Okay, fifth, and this might be the one we end on because this is a big one. We struggle to pray. Oh, uh, thank you. I've just seen a bit of a, um, uh, a uh, message. We can not do the breakout rooms and finish the message, which I, which I actually think could be helpful because do you know what? If we, if we could talk about this all day, but if we don't do this tomorrow, as I said, this message will be a figment of our imagination. Uh, we may as well not have listened to it. And so I, what I'm trying to do is give you some tools for you to go away now and wrestle with it for the next uh, rest of your lifetime. Enjoy. Um, so number five is this. We don't speak long because we don't know what to say. Has anyone just gone, I actually don't know what to pray. I've got no words. I don't have the words to, to tell God enough about who he is or to pray for any length of time. And so Here's a few tips to how we overcome that one. Practice. One of the major reasons Christians can't pray out loud on Sunday is because they don't do it Monday to Saturday. Uh, not you, other Christians. Um, and so there are Christians out there who don't do it Monday to Saturday. Um, and therefore you come to Sunday, it's no wonder you can't, you've got nothing to offer because we're not doing it on Monday morning. What you don't do on Monday morning, you're not going to do on Sunday. And so this has to be a lifestyle, a way of living where we're, we're in the car and we're declaring the praises of God. We're doing the, I have to do it when I'm washing up these days. Um, when, when, when I'm 
you know, bathing Elsie, whatever it might be. You've got to think creatively in your season of life, but this is a lifestyle. I don't get as much time on my own with no distraction and perfect uh, contemplation, uh, distraction-free before the Lord. I've got to do it in the middle of it all. But the more that we can make it a lifestyle, the easier it becomes. And so it doesn't become a chore praising God. It becomes an overflow of how we live. Another one is this, don't be afraid of repetition. You might think, well, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. Well, let me say this, that my daughter is not concerned about saying the same thing over and over. She is trying to learn the art of mastering these words. Um, oh, I tell you, like, we, you know, we do this little piggy went to market, that whole thing. Well, now she likes to do it. She goes, piggy, wee, 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 home. And I tell you, she doesn't do that once. She doesn't do that twice. She doesn't do that three times. There is no end to the amount of piggy wee 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 homes that she can do, but she is through repetition, learning and practicing and developing a voice where she can use that in different ways as she grows. And so it doesn't matter if you're just thanking God for the same thing over and over. Hey, it's something. Start there and build stamina with that. Um, when you're praying, there's a thing called your godly imagination that you need to switch on where you need to not look at the natural, but we can do two things. We remember the past and prophesy about the future. So when you're struggling to pray, let's start with looking back on all that God's done. God, I give you praise this morning because I'm, I'm living in the house that, that Katrina prophesied over uh, to show me which one it was. Um, and that looked like it was never going to happen, but God, you did it. God, I thank you that this little girl running around the room that's that I see as a distraction. That's an answer to two and a half years of prayer. Lord, I thank you that I'm born again. I thank you that you met me. Lord, I thank you that you called me by name, that even when I ran away, Lord, you called me back into your house. Thank you, Lord, that you put people, in, et cetera, et cetera. So you think, so as I'm praying that, I'm, I'm, I'm going back 21 years to God calling me to moments that he called me out of darkness and into light. And I'm speaking out my gratitude for that. But another thing I'm doing, I can do is think to the future to create things that I'm believing God for that haven't happened yet. And I'm saying, God, I thank you that we're going to have a church in the, in the United Arab Emirates. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're bringing the right people. You're going to bring the finance needed. Lord, that you're going to create a church in the Middle East. Lord, that, you know, et cetera, et cetera as well. And so you, if, if you're looking just around, if I'm looking here today going, oh, there's a nice painting and there's a few nice books it's going to be very hard to activate a voice of praise, but you've got to get your godly imagination happening, remembering what God has done and prophesying what he's going to do. Another thing is this, that we can use scripture. Isn't it? I mean, Pastor Phil just has prayed scripture for longer than I've been a Christian. Getting out the Psalms and, and in, in the beautiful praise that David writes and, and others and reading that out, bless, you know, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Um, you know, the love, his love endures forever, you know, reading out the word of God. You don't have to come up with all the words. You can get out this beautiful thing called your Bible and speak it out, declaring the praises of God. Um, there are patterns of prayer that we can use. Uh, the Lord's prayer is a pattern. So you don't know what to pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you pause on that and then pray your own words around that. So I go, God, yes, you're holy. 
Lord, thank you that you're far above everything that I see in my life right now. You're far above every problem. You're far above all the you know, all the things that are not yet what I want them to be. But God, you are sacred. You're holy. You're deserving of praise. And so you pray through the Lord's Prayer like that. Uh, we know the beautiful little acronym called ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Someone once accused me of being religious and legalistic by talking about these patterns and saying, oh, you should, people, Christians should just pray what's on their heart. They don't need structure. And I said, well, that's great, but I can barely get Christians to pray for 10 seconds. So I think these structures support uh, and, and, and get it into our heart so that our heart does overflow with our own words. But there's nothing wrong with using some kind of structure uh, to help give us words that we don't have. Another one, songs. I tell you what, um, we are spoiled for the amount of songs that are coming out. Uh, every time a new song that comes out and speaks to me, it's a song for my season. I, I listen to it for about two weeks because, and then it's done. Because during those two weeks, I've listened to it about 549 times and I'm so sick of it because it's just been on repeat in my car, in my house, in, you know, everywhere. And so that's fine. Beautifully enough, we have so many songs coming out that you find a song, not just a random song, but a song that sums up your heart for now. And often a worship leader has written a song that communicates your heart even better than you can communicate it before God sometimes. And so when I'm, um, you know, praying out certain songs, I'm like lifting my voice to God and I'm singing someone else's words, but they become my own because that song becomes a song for my season. Here's a really important one, praying in tongues. Uh, and if ever there is a type of speaking that needs you to push through awkwardness, it's speaking in tongues. Because Corinthians says this, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says this, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And then verse 14 says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying, right? Pastor Phil Pringle says it this way. He says, praying in tongues is like disconnecting your tongue from your mind and connecting it to your spirit. And so that all sounds nice, right? That I don't understand what I'm saying. But when you are speaking something that sounds like something you don't understand, there is, it, it can be like grating on the inside of you as you get kickstarted. You're praying in tongues, but your mind's going, Garth, you sound like an idiot. Garth, are you even, what are you even doing? Are you just, uh, are you speaking anything? I can't understand what you're saying. But when I disconnect that my tongue from my brain and I shut my brain up and now that's not saying that intellect isn't good. We should be thinkers. We should use our brains. Absolutely. But there's times where God has to bypass that faculty because he's too big for it. And so when we, when we start praying in tongues, we need to push through that threshold where we want to give up, but we keep going and you'll find after a few minutes, all of a sudden there's a flow and all of a sudden it's harder to stop than it is to, to keep going. And so we need to break through these thresholds in our prayers where we, where we feel like we should stop and not keep going, but we push through it and we find ourselves in a place where God is flowing and rivers of living water are flowing from within our hearts. 
Uh, two more and they're quick ones and then we'll pray for you. Um, another reason we don't pray out loud with boldness and stamina is we want to be authentic, our authentic self. Um, you know, there's this thing in our, in our age where we just want authenticity and this is just who I am. I'm just an introvert. I'm just, um, I'm just a cruisy person. I'm not really, you know, intense in any way. I'm just relaxed. And I don't want to exert myself too much. But the, and, and that's, you know, when we find ourselves in a place where we can be natural before the Lord, oh, it's beautiful. When we're not striving, when we're not trying to be something we're not, that is a beautiful place. But the challenge with not exerting ourselves is this, that there is a born again, ver in your born again version of you, in your DNA waiting to mature is someone far bolder and far more passionate and far more influential than who you are right now. And that person that is in your DNA that wants to come out is not there yet. It, it, it's in the stretching, it's in your stepping into faith, it's in your exerting yourself and moving forward that that person comes out and is developed. Pastor Phil will tell you all day about um, pram pusher turned pastor, someone who was just an introvert, just a pram pusher, nothing to stepping into someone who could uh, preach all day. And so, you know, there is, there is a person in us and there is a passionate person in us that will not come out if you are overly authentic because we have to be ourselves, but we also need to step out of ourselves. And they, and there's a fine balance in those things where we actually have to step into something that we aren't right now. Okay. And the last one I'm going to talk about is this, that keeps us silent is our to-do list. I found this one after I preached um, this to our church uh, uh, two weeks ago that I thought was for both churches um, and I, on Monday morning, I had to practice what I preached because I, I had so many things on my to-do list that I had no ability to press through this threshold to use my voice to praise God. And, you know, when we're sitting in church thinking about lunch or what we have to do later that day or what's in work that week, or when we sit down at the beginning of our day and we look at all that's in front of us, it's very hard to be in the moment with God and to ascend the hill of the Lord to see him. And so we have to sort of do whatever we can to push that to-do list aside and be in the moment to step into God and to say, okay, I'm going to give myself here 10 minutes where I'm not going to worry about my to-do list. I'm going to relieve myself from the pressure to have to think about what I have to do. And I'm just going to be with him. I'm going to sit at his feet and I'm going to use my voice to speak to him. And so um, I'm, I, I hope that is sort of, I know that's a lot of content and a lot of thoughts, but I pray there is something there that you can take away, not just to don't make this something where you just go, oh, yeah, that was nice, some good information. This should change the way that we live. Whatever one of those seven points re um, resonates with you the most, can I, can I pray for you today that you would have the boldness and the courage to go and live differently, that you would no longer just use the challenges that you're facing as an excuse to stay the same, but that you would press through every barrier every blockage, everything that would try and keep you contained. And I'm praying and I believe that God is raising you up to be a voice piece for his purposes on the earth and that the church is getting her voice back. I believe that the church is going to get her voice back in, uh, in the community, in our, in, our, in our witness, 
in the issues of justice on the earth, that we're going to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. But I do believe that it starts from our ability to praise God. God said to the Israelites, I'm taking you out of Egypt so that what? You can worship me in the wilderness. Not so that you can enjoy all the good things that I want have for you. Not that you can have your best life so that we can worship, that we can be together, that you can worship me. And he is worthy of praise and he is deserving of all praise. He's not, he's not, we're not giving him something he's not worthy for. He is worth far more than we could ever give him. And, and our words are our baseline offering, our sacrifice of praise to God. And so if you want to respond in some way to this, say, I'm just going to pray for you. Why don't you lift your hands to God where you are? If there's something that God has spoken to you about, And I'm going to pray that God would activate us. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We do praise you. Even right now, come on, even right now, just let some praise come out of your mouth to God. Thank him for what he's done this week. Think back, use that godly imagination for for what he's brought you out of, the problems that he delivered you from in the past, the wife that he gave you, the kids he's poured out, the, the healing that he poured out, whatever it might be. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, let alone all those things. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that Jesus came to earth, died and rose, that we may be taken out of darkness and brought into your marvelous light. Lord, that we've been redeemed. Lord, that we are, the guilt of, and shame of our sin has been taken away. Lord, we thank you that we are kids. We thank you that we've been reconnected to perfect love. We praise you for who you are. We praise you that you don't need us, Lord, but you love us. You desire us. You pursue us. Thank you, Lord, that you loved us well before we loved you. Thank you, Lord, that you are more passionate about us than we are about you. Oh God, we we worship you this morning. And God, I pray for every person here in this room today, God, that you would activate their voice. Lord, I pray that every plan of the enemy to silence, to shut down, to quieten voices, Lord, would be broken off lives. And that all of these things that can stop us, that can hinder us, that can be like muzzles. God, we take the muzzle off today. Lord, we take the muzzle off today. We, 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 we get you out of our brains and, and, and into our mouth. Lord, we pray that rivers of living water would flow from our hearts out of our mouth to declare your praises. Lord, we pray that you would be made famous in this time. Lord, we don't have to beat Bible bash people. We just need to tell people of the goodness of God. Lord, that we would be walking testimonies, that we would be walking, um, uh, you know, ones who broadcast your praises to the earth. And so God, I pray that you would help us in this time to move past our feelings, to move past our difficult circumstances, Lord, to move past our to-do list, God, to move past the the fear that we have of what people think about us or the awkwardness of our own voice, Lord, the, the indifference that we have. God, I pray that you would burn a fire in our hearts, that we would be radical Christians living for the purposes of God in this time. God, I pray that we would not be amongst the ones who, who just go about life and, and succumb to the patterns of this world and the, and the culture of this world. But God, we want to be transformed. We want to be made into the image of God. We want to be vessels of your presence, carriers of your glory, ones who will declare your praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, C3, Tugra. Uh, lovely to be with you. I love you dearly. And hopefully we can see you in person uh, sometime as well in the near future. Thank you.